Welcome back to Two Dudes Watch Cartoons, the podcast where two dudes, that's us, watch cartoons. My name is Evan. And my name is Alex. And today we are bringing you a milestone. We've reached episode 50, which may not seem like a lot, but we are a bi-weekly podcast. Bi-weekly? <laughs> Bi-month? What is, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. No, so we are super excited. We've definitely done more than 50 episodes, but this is episode number 50 in the chronological order of cartoons um Mm -hmm. you know it's a big celebration we are going to be covering puss in boots the last wish uh kind of symbolic to our two dudes journey here we'll get into that we got a lot to cover though evan uh, i'm just excited i'm the energy's good i'm happy to be here uh how are you doing what's what's up with you i'm doing good i'm excited that we're covering this movie uh it's been out for a little bit so we've been putting this one off and then Mm -hmm. with episode 50 coming up i was like this would be the perfect celebration uh uh, an entry in the shrek franchise which Mm -hmm. we love 50 episodes uh so roughly 100 weeks roughly two years yeah did you think we'd ever get to this point Hell no, dude. Let me tell. Okay, let me tell people why though. Let me tell people why I had a little confidence in us at first. The podcast, as you know it, two dudes watch cartoons. The chronological everything you were able to listen to started in 2020, July of 2020. We brought you Avatar coverage, and we've been going ever since. A uh, little inconsistent at times, but we've kept very steady pace uh, throughout that. Doing every two weeks. We even tried a stint where we were releasing weekly episodes for for those uh, diehard fans. And so the reason I didn't think we'd get to this point, though, is back in 2017, there's like two, maybe three, never going to see the daylight (laughs) episodes that we recorded. And I'll just tell everyone, we were bad. We were really bad. They were we, very bad. We didn't know what this podcast was going to be. I, I I think this is the perfect time to get into it. One, yeah. this is the funniest one. We did a... <laughs> we watched um, Spider-Man <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse <laughs> together, like through a stream. And we, it was meant to be... The podcast was meant to be like... You hit play at the same time as us. And it was supposed to be, yeah, like commentary. And it was so bad. We had like long pauses where we're just like engrossed in the movie. And then we'd be like, (laughs) yeah, that was sweet. (laughs) Like it was so bad. But so that was one of them. Uh, We we did like ranking Rick and Morty episodes, if if I'm remembering. And I'll be honest, Evan. I think the reason that one didn't is I feel like we didn't finish that one for whatever reason. Maybe I'm wrong, but like we we had some failed attempts. What what else am I missing? Those are the two that stick out in my brain. Um, I think we had another though. We had we had talked about Steven Universe. We did an episode. We also did an episode, and, and this is something I want to revisit. Akira. Oh, that's the right. seminal anime classic. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And you know what? They were all pretty bad. There was a segment, I think, on the Acura, maybe the Acura episode or one of the other ones, where we, we were trying to do like segments too. We were, we were Wait, spitballing we were segments. It out. <laughs> and there was like a sa- Saturday morning cartoon segment where we reviewed the, a pilot episode of 
What's the show about beavers on Nickelodeon? Oh my god, Angry Beavers? <laughs> Angry Beavers. <laughs> so it was kind of a mess of a show, but we started thinking this all came flooding back to us because mm-hmm. for episode 50, you might have noticed a new theme song. Yeah. Uh, we're sunsetting the old theme song. It's always going to be a core part of who you are, but we're going to just you know test this one out for a little bit, see how we feel about it. So let us know what you think of the new theme song. But I was looking for the old uh, recording file, like a garage band file uh, of when I had made the original theme song. And that was in 2017. And that was wow. probably before we recorded any episodes. Really the yeah. impetus for us going through with this concept was we landed on like yeah. a name that rhymes that we kind of <laughs> liked. And then I had this like catchy little theme song uh, we, that was like we, a little earworm. And so yeah. I was like, this is the reason why we have to make two dudes watch cartoons and that carried through. So we did those couple of episodes, mm-hmm. took a break between 2018 and 2020 uh, in the pandemic. And then in the midst of the pandemic, we fired it back up. With that two-minute episode in the road podcast competition or whatever. Yeah. have been going ever since. So for everyone who has listened since day one, for everyone who's uh, joined uh, our little family uh, along the way, for all the guests who've come on, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of our Two Dudes uh, Watch Cartoons journey. Mm-hmm. Here's to 50 more. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Now we now we're unstoppable. Okay. So that's the other caveat to your question is like, did you ever think we'd get here? No. Did I do? Where are we going to be in 10, 20, 50 years? We're still going to be two dudes watching cartoons, baby. We ain't going anywhere. <laughs> you can't stop us. So um, that is, you know, and I think what is um, really to 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 go off of what you said about 2017 is we both fell in love with podcasts pretty quickly once we we started diving into them. And we were like, we should, we should make one two, two, typical two guys. We're like, we should make a podcast, bro. But we were <laughs> like, it has to be something we are passionate about and like something people would actually be semi interested in listening because we have a lot of nerdy concepts. And this is a pretty nerdy one. So we appreciate, like Evan said, everyone uh, coming along for the journey. Um, you know, behind your guys' backs, we call you guys duties. Not like our fan base. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, we've said that like a few times, but it's been a long time since we've, we've said that at all. <laughs> 2023 we're bringing it back yeah (laughs) i mean uh, so for me while we started the podcast um we started with mostly avatar stuff we took a break for to cover our favorite spooky time um over the garden wall but then after we finally got out of avatar we did shrek and I think we really hit a a stride. Oops. I think we hit a stride when we started these Shrek podcasts. Just if uh, for the big nerds, Mm -hmm. me, if I've gone back and listened to them, and I think our Shrek one is one of our first that's like really polished, really nice, really funny. We got good banter and stuff, not just like a Mm -hmm. recap. And so um, we did Shrek. We did Shrek one, and then we did Shrek two with my girlfriend Nikki. And for the longest time, Evan has been bugging me to finish out the the series, and we, we he wants to cover Shrek three and Shrek four. And the number yeah, of times it's I've our said white whale. no, <laughs> it's the white whale. The number of times I've said no, or like maybe you know, like next month, like I've pushed it off. And so <laughs> I feel like this is a great, great compromise. This this puss in boots, uh, the last wish here. It is, uh, yeah. I, I think, a, a bit of a capstone on the series, but. Uh, 
It's not Shrek 3 and 4. For the record, I haven't seen, I don't believe, Shrek 3 or 4. Well, that's why, why you want to I want to finish the franchise. I know. I have read that there's a dip in quality. Mm. Uh, but, Let me you tell know, you. I, it's it's our white whale. We got to finish it at some point. Maybe episode well episode 100 oh, will land on Shrek 4. Wow. 75 yeah. will be 3. <laughs> 100 is 4. Um, of everything we've covered so far, do you have um, a favorite mm. thing you've watched or so uh, or guest we've had on? Maybe not guest. Maybe we should start be ranking. ranking our guests. We're like, here's the best. Here's the worst. So, <laughs> so I think for me, I, I got two categories here. So one is something I've I, I've seen before. I think that I um, still love Avatar: The Last Airbender. I just think it's what started us all here. It's so good. Anytime I've rewatched it, it has been so. Um, just like such a joy. It's so great. And, and it just reminds me of starting the podcast. It's got such good memories uh, to it. Um, I will say of like new things we've covered. I feel like this might be recency bias, but I feel like Pinocchio is, is maybe like okay. the, uh, of something I had never seen before the podcast. Sure. Uh, okay. That is another standout, but maybe it's just because it was so recent. I thought, you know, I, I'm still singing the, the, the songs and whatnot that you guys hated. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, what about you? You know what? The Batman. Those aren't cartoons. So I'll, I'll leave those <laughs> out. Those those hold a special. The Batman pods hold a special place in my heart. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the Korra episodes we did. Oh, tell me why. So for the for the Avatar, the last Airbender series, we, we're still a little wet behind the ears. We, you know, we went episode by episode, very much a recap podcast. Uh Actually, listening back to those, they're like a little boring, but like they really go in depth, like exploring scene by scene, bro. Scene by scene. What a daunting task! Could you imagine, bro? We were covering a season at a time, so it's it's like multiple episodes, and we went scene by scene. Dude, we cover movies now, and we don't even hit on like (laughs) half the shit that happens. Like (laughs) we've come so far. The last time I listened to those Avatar podcasts, I'll be honest. It was almost unbearable to watch. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, Give me your like, opinion, uh, Alex, on what you thought like of this scene. High performance Sorry. athletes, we watch the tape. We do. So we we do, better. though. We're, we try to improve. We talk about this. Yeah. Um, I think Luca is a standout. Spirited Away is a standout of just like Porco Rosso. Man. Oh, Por- yeah. Oh, shit. Porco Rosso. Man, not we've watched some really everything. great stuff. Fantastic Mr. Fox was fucking awesome. You know what? And we've watched some stuff we would not have revisited or ever have seen for the first time because of the podcast. What was well, Oh, Fern Gully? Example. Fern Gully. That was a great one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 Xander brought us Surf's Up, the hidden gem that was that <laughs> okay. movie. Yeah, that was the most unexpected hit. That was, I think that wins like most unexpected because I went in thinking it was going to be so brutal, but I ended up loving every bit of it. And Xander was a phenomenal guest. Yeah. Uh, Survivor 43 for 
41 uh, for around 43 you, now 41 i knew 41. this was going to happen with the certain now we're talking survivor when they went to these 41 42 43 i was like people ain't gonna remember them as as easily anymore but just proving my point so yeah <laughs> um I, I think there's a lot of really great things that we've we've come to accomplish and, and some really good guests as well uh we're not gonna list and rate them like evan wants to but <laughs> we are um I just think, you know, we we wanted to make episode 50 feel like a little bit of a celebration. We go over a little history, celebrate what we've uh, accomplished and uh, where we're going. And, you know, the other thing is, is we started out um, having a decent amount of friends and family who listen to us very uh, religiously and, and biweekly because we release every other week. And we have really grown since then. You know, uh, a mm-hmm. lot of things have helped contribute to that. And... Uh, Evan just said it best, like, you know, we're appreciative because this, we do this for fun. Like this is a passion project. So every single person that listens, like every person that subscribes, likes all of it, it just, it, you know, it's all a bonus cherry on top for us. Cause we have, uh, such a good time doing it. <laughs> Super appreciative of everyone who listens, obviously, uh, and everyone who comments and engages with us on TikTok, on Instagram, wherever we love uh, slides in our DMS. Uh, talks shit to us about our opinions like we love we love going back and forth not going back and forth but we love talking to you guys about this stuff we obviously love talking about cartoons that's why this uh, podcast exists and if you also want to join in on the fun slide in our dms hit us us know what you want us to watch Write us at two dudes watch cartoons at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, which is something we haven't mentioned in, in the sign off in probably a year and a half. But <laughs> it's there if you want to write us a long form essay about why you agree or disagree with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, today we got a good one. We got yeah, a good one. I'm excited. And like Surf's Up, like cool. this podcast in a way. We're talking about something that it has been to this point a little bit of a sleeper mm. hit. Mm-hmm. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, is actually a Puss in Boots 2. I forgot there was a Puss in Boots 1 spinoff movie. Ready for this? Uh, which I didn't came forget. I didn't 2011. know. <laughs> it wasn't a matter of forgetting, just didn't know. <laughs> yeah. So 2011, uh, yeah. So this is like news to me. I mean, you, you texted me after the movie saying, did you know that this was a sequel? I said, no, I had no idea. Um, you don't need to. Um Evan, I want to start off our Puss in Boots coverage with a crucial, crucial question. I went to a theater full of kids. My theater was packed full of kids, rightfully so, understandably. Does the name Puss in Boots only slide in 2023 because it is an established character from the 2000s? No, it's also is a fairy tale, which I mean. Is it? It is. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like a there. There's existing folklore, um, which I well, wasn't. I'm not like before Shrek fa- two. Yeah, I'm not. It's like what? it is a fairy tale in the vein of all the other fairy I tales. I shouldn't. That, yeah, I was gonna say I shouldn't be surprised because of all the fairy tales that are jam packed in that movie. But you, you're absolutely blowing my mind. I always thought he was like an original character. I thought he was like Donkey. How do you know aside, this? What? Wait, hold on. The Wikipedia. What? Did you learn this recently? How long have you known this? Um. Well. I, I had assumed it was a fairy tale, and I confirmed that today on Wikipedia. Okay, whatever. You you assumed. I don't Okay. Fine. It's a fairy tale. It's based on a property. Um, okay, let's move on, I guess. This movie, so Puss in Boots. Wait, first why, why do you think? It, because 
because of the puss? word puss. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could see it being. It's it's just on the line. Get through. Yeah. I feel like they uh, encourage in, you not in, to call cats pussy cats anymore. Is it not that like? Was that a it's, it's the same. Yeah. I don't know that that was ever a, like something it was. That was they were like, stop the saying this. It was like spade and neuter your pets, like at the end of <laughs> no. So okay, listen. There was not a campaign. There wasn't people going like, hey, stop saying this. But you, you know damn well people don't say pussy cat anymore. So it made me wonder. I was like, I would. I genuinely think like a, a kids movie nowadays could not slide that. Unless it was like an established character. I don't think it's an outrageous question. Screw you. You make me feel like I'm crazy. Wow. That's not very PC. And by PC, I mean yeah. pussy. <laughs> um, so how was your theater going experience? Mm. Did you watch it with Nikki? Yes. Uh, did you get, well, yeah. Ooh, what was your we went, concessions order? And I, over the years, have learned this is my favorite movie going experience afternoon going in the afternoon is the best movie going experience i d there's just yeah. nothing better it's usually not as crowded granted this theater specifically was packed we were shocked the theater itself was not but then we get up and you have to you know you have to pick seats now which is like just a standard at every movie theater you go to i don't know when that happened it just changed all of a sudden and mm -hmm. they were like oh fair warning it's like really packed so we had to sit like in uh like a pretty close row but you know with reclining seats it's not actually that big of a deal and mm -hmm. um so i felt like i was in the action like me and nikki like <laughs> we and we were surrounded by children uh there was a couple of teenagers that looked like they were on a date to the other side of me i was on a uh -huh. date too understandably and my theater loved it except for the one kid at the end of my row who wouldn't shut up the whole time Ooh, that is tough yeah um I, while I loved the movie, I had, had a bit of an odd experience. I was in the the last row. Uh, <laughs> the very last they, row? We had the opposite yeah. experiences? Yeah. And, and I picked it. It wasn't full or anything. The, the theater is pretty empty in itself. I just wait, wanted... Wait. You picked the back row? Like, if uh, not by force? Yeah. It was like a small theater. So, like, I didn't want to be too close. Okay, I, okay, it's a smaller theater. You know that I mean? makes sense. I'm picturing a giant theater, and you're, like, all the way in the back. No. Um, but they didn't close the door, so I could just <laughs> hear the commotion of outside and, like, other theaters outside. And also, I think the the last two, the, like, the back row speakers were not on, so I had, like, trouble hear, hearing some of this movie. Like, Okay, here are my two questions. In. I have two questions for you uh, on your experience. One... Did you ever close the door yourself? No. That's the Am difference between to? you and me. I would have closed that door so fast. What? Who's it hurting? It's only helping. <laughs> so that's on you, my friend. Second, if you once okay. you realize the speakers are are not working, you said your theater was not packed. Did you move? No. I didn't that's on to... you again. I... <laughs> I'm more of a just accept my fate kind of person, you know. <laughs> Go with and the it's flow. like, well, I can't see, can't hear. It's loud as hell. This is my life now. <laughs> this is just what I'm stuck with. And Evan comes out and he's like, hated yeah. the movie. Didn't even understand one thing of dialogue. No, but Dis that is... Despite all that, though, yeah. <laughs> loved this movie. Yeah. Loved this movie. 
Okay, well, that's good. There's there's a lot to love, so that's good. I'm glad we went over that. That's pretty funny. Um, but I'm blaming you 110, to be <laughs> honest. All right, so, all right. <clears throat> yeah, the, uh, the the kid in my theater, you know what? It wasn't even the whole time. It was just towards the end, and it made me realize, hmm, I think uh, 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 the whole streaming era has shortened children's attention span. Probably. Um, there's a family in front of us who had like a little, little kid, maybe a toddler, um, who, had, who left during the middle and, mm. uh, cause they hated you know. it. No, probably just yeah. kidding. <laughs> they were like, I can't uh, believe they say the word puss so many times. Then yeah, I'm a, yeah, I clutch their pearls and leave. But it, you know what? It made me feel alive. All this, yeah. all these random factors. I'm no longer in the bubble. I'm no longer bubble boys. <laughs> So much You're sounding life like James is Cameron. You're just like, I just love the whole theater experience as a whole. Everything <laughs> about it, even the shitty I parts. I sure do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've had to sit up like first row for a movie once <laughs> in, in recliners. And it was, it's like, I think I went by myself, but like, you have to be fully reclined. Have to. In the first fully. row. Yeah. But then you're just like laying next to whoever's next to you. And it's super <laughs> and if it's a stranger, it's super weird. Yeah, and you're not in weird. the first row unless it's packed. So you are sitting mm. next to people no matter For what. For sure next to a stranger. Yeah. That was probably probably one of my worst ex- theater going experiences. My best oh. movie theater experience is I went to an early screening of Suicide. I don't know if we ever talked about this. Of the Suicide Squad. Ooh, I was going to say, which one? Last year. And at the end of the fucking screen. Or no, before the screening starts. Who walks in but motherfucking John Cena himself. Yeah. In his WWE garb. Because they were, uh, you know, touring and they were in town. He's throwing out t-shirts. I catch one. It's a small, but whatever. Small. I think I still have it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's probably... My best theater going experience thus far. Mm. Mm. You know, so um, what's really funny is you started that whole story off by going, I don't know if I've told you this. And it's like, of course you fucking told me this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you told me the moment it happened. You might have texted me from the theater. So <laughs> probably. Um, yeah, that is that's too wild. I've never had anything like that. But I will say one of my favorite movie going experiences has to be like third grade. I saw Finding Nemo like a whole two three weeks before it came out and like people at school were fucking jealous i'm not even i'm not even exaggerating like i told every single person i know like yeah i already saw finding nemo it was really good (laughs) does that movie hold up you think oh yeah we need to cover that 100 percent. okay you're gonna you're gonna love it when's the last time you saw it many years ago but there there was a uh, there was a phase in my little sister's life because oh she's like like, she's like yeah, it was on repeat every fucking day. I know those we movies. Watched it in English, watched in Chinese. It was like, <laughs> I don't know. My sister, it was The Incredibles, so also Pixar, mm. but uh, it, I know that movie front and back. Ooh, love that movie. Yeah. Love that movie. Maybe um, we have the same effect. Like, I'm I'm misremembering The Incredibles because I've seen it so many <laughs> times, but you're misremembering yeah. Nemo. So we, we, we should uh, revisit those. But yeah, let's, uh, you know, we, we've, we've danced around it. We've uh, done everything we can. Let's uh, let's dive into this movie. Sorry if you're here strictly for the movie talk. <laughs> um, so I, I think Puss in Boots won. Came out 2011. We're not covering I, that. I, <laughs> I, I understand. But 
The plans for its sequel oh. started in 2012 with executive producer Guillermo del Toro attached. Whoa, what? Uh, they went through. Yeah. Bet you Love didn't GBT. know that. No. Um, they've gone through some, you know, creative changes behind the scenes. Uh, and who, uh, Joel Crawford is his name, who ended up in the director's seat, mm. who worked as a story artist on Shrek Forever After and a couple other um, mm -hmm. DreamWorks movies. He directed one of the Croods, I believe. Uh, and now this, and this is this is being widely celebrated. Let's run through it. Do you have the Rotten Tomatoes up? What's it at? Um, I think it's 96 plus percent. It's got a higher Rotten Tomatoes than um, Avatar 2. Yeah. Sorry, it's just it's just a fact. It's just better a sequel. I'm just, it's grossed 263 million on a budget of 90 million, so also more profitable. Than Avatar two. <laughs> Avatar two, as, as recording of this podcast is like probably about to start making money. <laughs> mm -hmm. In Letterboxd's top 250 narrative feature films. It jumped. This has gone from 231 to number 125, mm -hmm. and it's the second highest-rated animated movie of 2022 on Letterboxd after Marcel the Shell. So mm -hmm. this sort of just came out of nowhere for everyone. Everyone's like, yeah. oh, there's a new Puss in Boots movie. Haha, <laughs> that's fun. It's been so long. It's been a decade since we've yeah. seen a Shrek entry. Um, and now people, people are perking up. People are talking. I'll be honest. I don't know we would – I don't know I, I would have seen it if it didn't get the buzz that it ended up getting. Like mm. I was very content just being like, oh, it probably falls in, in line with the other Shrek um, <clears throat> failed sequels in my opinion. So mm -hmm. I'm so glad I did because I was so wrong that I even held that opinion at all. This was such – just – like a beautiful story. Like, <clears throat> I guess there probably are things that are better when you find out it's a sequel and, and followed through, but just as like a, a start to finish compact story, just so beautifully told and something so simple. And you know what it made me realize is like, that's the essence of a good fairy tale is like, it's like a universal simple message, but it's still just like so wonderfully told and still like touching and this hit like on all of that. It was so freaking good. I was not expecting it to be as good as it was, even with all the hype. Mm -hmm. um, not going to lie. First, maybe 15 minutes. I didn't understand the hype. I, I think it flirted with falling mm. into just like your typical mm. family movie fair there was a musical number in the beginning. It's like, it's very <laughs> lighthearted. Probably lost you. I know you. So yeah, you um, didn't know but, that this oh. was going to turn into a great action comedy. Action comedy, uh, about PTSD yeah. and, and like, <laughs> and ex a, a contemplation dread of, of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's fucking great. And, and that those themes become more prominent as the movie goes on. Mm -hmm. There is in the first, uh, maybe five minutes right after that opening musical number there's this gigantic action set piece where puss in boots fights a mountain troll oh and this remind i i feel like i maybe what an opener this, but this reminded me of um ranking of kings the, mm -hmm. the final battle it's so kinetic uh it's so different 
than anything you see in like a Western CGI mm-hmm. uh, movie like this. Anything from um, DreamWorks made on par with like a Kung Fu Panda. They mm-hmm. always were really great at action. Yeah. Uh, but like the one thing that struck me about this movie is that it like the action felt like anime and just because mm-hmm. of the way it is animated. And I think that's probably a good place to start is the animation style was like just slightly different enough from the Shrek stuff, if that makes sense. Like it was not the same. It almost had a more comic book feel to it at points though. In the action mm-hmm. sequences, like you said, it was very anime-esque. It reminded me of um God, like a comic book. Like that I think that's like an apt comparison at times. It was so beautiful in like every scene though. The animation mm-hmm. was just stunning. And um, you know, I wonder if that's something we don't necessarily always recognize DreamWorks for, but they do um they are, you know, really good animators, like like uh looking at them visually. One of the things you'll probably see in, in any of the reception of this movie is comparisons to Into the Spider-Verse. And, and that's what we talk about mm-hmm. when we say, it, it, you know, it changes frame rates. Uh, it yes. looks painterly is how people will describe it. Um, and, you know, credit where credit's due. I think Spider-Verse opened the floodgates for more movies to start yeah. doing that. Um, I've been reading reviews of this movie. Uh, apparently Bad Guys, uh, which was a, a 2022 DreamWorks movie, also was a little more visually daring in, in this sense. Uh, m- movies like Mitchell's and the Machines. I'm glad that we're getting more of this expressiveness in c- computer animation and like mm-hmm. these these big studio pieces. Because we we watched something we watched uh, last episode, um, Strange World. That's no, next episode. Next, <laughs> we we're gonna be. I recently, I recently watched Strange World, and you know we're gonna be covering it in, in a couple. And of weeks. we're gonna be covering it coming up soon. Uh, but I don't know. Like it all gets to a point where it looks very good and, and glossy, yes. but like something is lost there. It loses a little bit of, of mm-hmm. heart in that like photorealisticness. You're so right. This it felt drawn at times, even though I don't know what it is, but it was just so well done. It's so captivating. You don't ever really want to take your eyes away, if that makes sense. Granted, you're in a theater. You're not going to be like checking your phone. But um, yeah, it's just it's it's visually stunning. And so let's, um, you know, one of our favorite parts, let's get into the voice cast because the voice cast mm-hmm. was so good. Did you have so much? I didn't know any of the voices going in. Well, I know a- Antonio Banderas is uh, sure. Puss in Boots, um, but I didn't know the rest of the voice cast going in, and I had so much fun trying to piece them all together. Uh, who, uh, who, who, uh, who, who did you recognize, and, and, and who didn't you recognize? I didn't recognize Sama Hayek. Wow. She was great. Florence Pugh, I had seen in some promotions, but sort of forgotten that she was going to be in there. But she plays Goldilocks. Yeah. She's fantastic. Mama Bear uh, is Olivia Coleman. Oh, who I, you're was, just now telling me this for the first time. Yeah, was in The Crown. Um, the Lost Daughter, Broadchurch, all these like great mm-hmm. BBC British drama shows. And uh, But she was one that struck me right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then like the the one other one that oh well wait John Mulaney he was so recognizable had no and so idea funny. he was in and this now movie. he's he's in his villain era baby <laughs> who did you pick up on 
uh, got John Mulaney right away. Selma Hayek was one I kept going back and forth, but by the end of the film, I got right away. Um, but Florence Pugh, I think I love her so much. It was one that I just couldn't place for whatever reason. Oh, I know why. Because she's, I always hear her with like an American accent or like a different accent. and Or a so, Russian accent. Or a Russian accent, yeah. And it just always reminds me that British actors are just so much better than American <laughs> actors. Like they're not even in the same league. And yeah. I'm, I love Florence Pugh. And to be fair, she's one of the standouts in this movie. Her and Olivia Coleman uh, have mm -hmm. some, some really great moments. So the, the voice cast was just, was, was so good. And uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting some people. I don't have it up in front of me. Uh, John Mulaney plays, what, what is this character's name? Big Jack. Uh, uh, yeah. Harp, whatever. Hark. Something. Harp. Well, it's we, a fairy tale. Let's just look it up. It's, yeah, it's a fairy tale. He's Little Jack something, but now now he's. There was uh, one of like the henchmen in that bakery factory scene uh, is voiced one of the most unique voices out there by this uh, actor comedian Betsy Sodaro, uh, and I only know that because she guests on Doughboys a lot and, oh. and that's one of my favorite podcasts. And I started getting cocky, so I was like, oh, my God, I just named Betsy Sodaro out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> and then we get to the little cricket, and I was like, that sounds exactly like Jim Gaffigan. I turned to Haley oh. and said, that's got to be Jim Gaffigan, because it, <laughs> it sounds like if you imagine the cricket character talking about a Hot Pocket, it's literally Jim like, oh. <laughs> and it, I can hear and it, but I don't think it's him. chirping in um and it's not. I was completely wrong. <laughs> that's the moral <laughs> of the story. Is it, I got it 100% wrong. Um, what are you looking at? Oh, are you looking up John Mulaney's character? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Mulaney's character's name is Big Jack Horner, and uh, he sticks his thumb in pies, and he's such a little brat in this movie. He's got a huge head, or no, he's got a huge body, but a tiny ass head. I think it was on Polygon, their review called him the collector of the Shrek universe, you know. <laughs> yeah, that is Marvel. Um, The other's standout from this one that people might recognize though is the voice actor for the wolf uh, mm. voiced by wagner mora who played um uh pablo escobar in narcos on netflix oh no way i didn't catch that that's pretty crazy i didn't catch that but i had you know i had to look that up but wow he is fantastic well, and he was really good in this too. And then um, the other one I love is the little dog, but I don't know who he is. His name's Harvey uh, Gullen. Yeah, um, people. He is like the henchman in the What We Do in the Shadows TV series. Oh, I hear I really good things about that. Yeah, I've seen the movie. I haven't gotten into the television series, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't recognize him, but he phenomenal. What do you think of his character, Perito? He's one of the newer. Perrito was I, I one of the best parts of the characters. movie. They didn't do it for me, to be honest. <gasps> You're joking. You didn't like Perrito? I did not like him, but I, I didn't fall in love with him. The moment we're at the cat sanctuary and Puss has got his beard and there's a million cats around and, and we see this dog chomping on all the food. I was like, that's a dog, I think. And it was. And <laughs> I loved Perrito the whole time. And every time he's just like, rub my belly. Like, it was so funny. His gut would come out and you're like, no, I don't, I don't want to rub your belly. And he's just, he wanted to be a therapy dog and like, that was all he ever wanted. And he ended up getting to do that with Pussy Yeah, he became, yeah. And that's a very poignant oh. It was yeah. so good. He he was like the heart of the movie. How do you not like Perito? I don't know. It 
felt you found like, him annoying a little bit it felt like too much of an echo of donkey as a character which you i need get a comedic i also don't love donkey as a character you're just outing yourself as anti-comedy apparently um but no harvey guillen does a great job uh in this um the character itself just isn't for me i'll leave it at that you better leave it at that um so yeah let's it's the 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 plot of the movie puss in boots um fearless what did the fearless feline hero he uh mm-hmm. has no fear will take on any battle uh come to find out this is because like all cats puss in boots has nine lives every time he dies he just comes back and he doesn't mm-hmm. he, he doesn't care it's, it's whatever it doesn't matter to him now though he has uh he dies at the hand of this giant troll which i was so so the giant troll battle it was like released online like you sent it to me people it was like a promo and i was like mm-hmm. why would they show the climactic fight of the movie i was like that's <laughs> yeah, so that's bogus I, I was like what the heck but then it turns out it's only in like the first five ten minutes of the movie and i was like yes yeah. but he dies in this battle it was a great battle with the bell and everything um but he dies and he comes back and uh the the town doctor slash barber slash butcher slash what the town every man he was like you're on your last life pussy boots and like i don't know i just thought this was like a very simple and classic like easy to follow plot yeah classic setup of the the conflict of the movie mm. uh that he's on his last life and he needs to be careful with it but he doesn't really take it seriously until he is in the bar getting milk drunk and so, the wolf comes in. They always show cats in every form of media drinking milk, cream, whatever out of a saucer. You can't give dairy to a cat. I would love to know. I, I just got a cat for the first time this, this last year. Like, who who's telling everyone to give cats this these milk? Like, you, that's is not that something a, you do. Is that a thing you can't? they're like lactose intolerant you don't give them any sort of dairy (laughs) it's unbelievable because i instantly got a cat and i was like oh should we go get some milk for her and nikki was like no you don't give a cat milk i was like like, every cartoon i've ever watched has lied to me what are you talking about wow they really set us up to fail (laughs) yeah what the heck literally and i googled it right away it was like one of the first things i did i googled it and they were like yeah no don't give a cat milk it's not really good for them i was like Maybe it's one of those things where, like, American products and groceries just have like, more additives and aren't as healthy. I know? think you nailed it. When I went over to, <laughs> to Manchester for, for the circle, um, they even had, like, I'm going to sound like a dumb American. I don't want to say different sugar, but, like, it was not the same type of sugar or it wasn't the same amount in everything. They had just uh-huh. recently, like, in the last couple of years, passed, like, a sugar tax. I know I'm sounding like an idiot to anyone in Great Britain. Write us. Tell me what I'm trying to say here. Apologies but, to our UK listeners. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, but so, like, every soda that I drank there, it tasted just a little off. And I was like, what? What is this? What's going on here? And it was the sugar. I come to find out <laughs> the Coke didn't have cocaine in it. Kind of. Not at all. No cocaine in the Coke um, made it made it terrible. That's interesting to know. I uh, I too am lactose intolerant, so I can I didn't know relate, this about you. I guess is that yeah. a new thing this, about you? I've known you a long time. 
No, it's not new. I just still eat cheese regardless. Okay. And, I was you know, going to say, I've seen you eat shit. a lot of cheese before. <laughs> not yeah. like specifically, yeah. just over our, our many years of friendship. It doesn't stop me. It's not lethal <laughs> by any means. Not yet. What were we talking about? Oh, cats drinking milk. Oh, yeah. So and this, this is, is a great we... scene, though, at the bar, though. I don't want to skip over. Yeah, go ahead, though. Go, mm-hmm. go, go, go this ahead. This is where we meet... And this was where I was still a little tentative in the movie. Mm. I was like, and and this, the first action scene was great, but this one really gripped me because uh, I had seen some other clips of Wolf in the movie. And Wolf comes into the bar and he challenges Puss to a fight and he has him on the brink of death or he has him running for his life. At one point, so they have this bar scuffle, they're, you know, swashbuckling or whatever and I was surprised Wolf actually drew blood. Yeah. I did not know you were allowed to do that. And this is like a PG movie. I swear to God, I thought they were going to zoom out and it was going to be a strawberry or like a, a bundle of grapes gag. above. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is like something a little different that I wasn't expecting. Like the stakes are a lot more serious here than I had previously thought. Uh, so this was definitely – interesting scene for me what did you think of it was a pretty abrupt turn because they set up that oh, problem yeah. and then they immediately like show puss in boots the and the like yeah and the, puss the thinks serious, he the is gravitas of it yeah yeah it's very serious puss thinks he's a bounty hunter which is not um uh, uh you know uh Uncommon. which is not crazy to think he's wanted yeah yeah he's a wanted man dead or alive and the get the the wolf taps dead and it's pretty menacing and so yeah. um i have a question for you how soon, late, whatever, when did you piece together that this wolf was like the Grim Reaper, was like death? Spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. Uh, not until they said it. <laughs> Evan, no. What? I, I questioned it right away. I go, oh, is this like the Grim Reaper? But I felt like there was a scene where someone else and them could see it. So I was like, oh, it must not be. And so I almost like talked myself out of the twist. Yeah, yeah. I forget. Yeah, I forgot there was that bit. Um, cause, cause Perito and, uh, and, and Soma Kitty Soft don't off. see him. Yeah. They're not able to see him. Okay. Yeah. So, and so that was what I, I was like, that is after he introduces himself as dad, isn't it? Uh, maybe, but it could just be a, like a metaphorical, like, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I, no, it's not till like the end where he surrounds him in the ring of fire that I feel like he reveals like I am. Well, maybe it's actually okay. a little before that. Now that I'm saying this, I'm. Uh, there was there was a lot to this movie. It was dense. There was a lot of like yeah. stuff that happened, which was I was really surprised about. You know, sometimes we get on here and we're like, um, you know, there's like four plot points to the movie, and then like six funny <laughs> sequences between. Um, but no, there was like a lot that happened in this movie. Yeah, I guess I, w- I wasn't acutely attuned to that element of the story. Maybe I was missing some audio cues because the speakers were out. (laughs) Uh, But this character, I mean, regardless of that twist, and and that is like pretty pivotal to the movie, the character is still super interesting. And and, Oh, yeah. And I think that got me through some of this like second quarter of the movie is where it sort of dips back into like, a little bit of lollygagging, and he goes to the kitty shelter. And you didn't like the kitty shelter. I didn't love it. Uh, I thought it was so funny when he was pooping, and the one cat was literally just staring right at him. It was my one thought during that whole section of the movie was like, "This is a very 
fun spin on like the the prison break yeah <laughs> or, like the prison montage you know? yeah uh, and that is where we meet um perito so yeah it, the pacing felt a little weird for me in this movie in the start, in I, the start. I can agree with that yeah, I, okay. I, I questioned. You warned me. You said first 10, 15 minutes didn't have you. So maybe that helped me. But I agree. I, there was a couple times where I was like, where is this going? Because, you know, it's called The Last Wish. We had the whole thing. I do like how it opened. It was like, this is a fairy tale. I was like, oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, okay, I'm <laughs> yeah. in it. I'm ready. <laughs> and so um, it was like we, we did the whole thing with The Wish, and we're talking about Puss in his last life. And I was like, what? Where is this going? It takes so detour. you're right. It's, yeah. it's not until the three bears and Goldilocks show up that the the actual plot of the movie starts going. So can you set up the mm. the last wish mm. for us? Yes, I can. I would love to. Um, at the cat sanctuary, Puss is on his last life. Um, there comes what do you want to call them? Thieves? Yeah, they're thieving. They they make uh, several points. They're they're thieves. It's Goldilocks and the three bears. And one thing I love about Shrek all these years later is they just always do cool and funny spoofs on like great fairy tales. And you know mm-hmm. what I mean? All the fairy tales they've really like gone with, they're still like able to do like fun and new takes, which are, which are cool. So, um, we get them, they show up and they're looking for Puss in Boots cause they got a job for him. They got a job. I, I can't do a British accent. That was terrible. So, um, they come to find out they they look at puss, puss and it's it's actually one of my favorite parts of the movie is they're like could this be him and they're like ah oh, this mangy old scroungy dumb looking cat no way and i was like that's gonna be like a kick <laughs> kick in the gut to him um and he does grow a beard over his oh, yeah. stint in the 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 cat rescue um got a question for you mm-hmm. this isn't the first time we've seen the three bears in the Shrek oh, universe. Oh, no. did they retcon it? No, I mean they're in Shrek One. I'm pretty sure. Like, is in Goldilocks the getting in prison? I don't know about Goldilocks. Maybe this is a different Three Bears. Is this indicative of a Shrek multiverse? Yeah, <laughs> it's the Shrek multiverse. Maybe. So <laughs> one thing, while um, Puss is recanting all eight of his lives that he's run through, I really mm. loved that the only mention of shrek and donkey was like a one almost like an akuna matata flash of the three of them like walking over a sunset no other no other reference to shrek and donkey i really liked that i thought it was really cool and tasteful it was like a blip in puss's life you know what i mean his adventures Mm -hmm. with them and then we get the occasional like we see Jinji, we see pinocchio so i thought they did a really good job of like calling back without uh relying on it if that makes sense yeah i that sort of hit me in the feels unexpectedly yeah. because it, it created such a distance and like mm-hmm. in in oh. Puss in Boots narrative, but also in my own life. I was like, man, You're right. watching Shrek 2 was well, many lives ago. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. Probably, probably no, half I, my life ago. I couldn't think of it the way you just said it, but it was such a poignant moment. I had to make sure I mentioned it. I, I know exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about. It was like, oh, yeah, wow, that was so long ago for him. Oh, that was so long ago for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yes. And I think that's the the real magic of this movie is, yes, it is an absolute pleasure of a and joy of a film for the family, but it also 
speaks pretty profoundly to the adult viewers, people who mm. might have grown up on Trek and are now taking their kids. I think uh, you're so right. And I think that's super powerful. Like the, his, his anxiety or PTSD and stress around uh, encountering death, um, making, you know, pondering what his life has been about and, 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 you know, regrets and resentments and all this. And it's all stuff that like, I was like, man, this hits mm-hmm. home pretty fucking hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, and that's the real magic. I think you hit the nail on the head is, um, it did a good job talking to that adult audience that grew up on Shrek. It was like, honestly, Oh, what if Shrek and donkey grew up, but it wasn't Shrek and donkey. It was puss in boots. Like it, it was a really well done continuation of, of that kind of saga. And another thing, when you were talking about it, it reminds me of Toy Story, Toy Story 4, the fourth one, how okay. it had a very, like, I don't want to say mature theme, but like the themes in it were dealing with like moving on, growing older. Like, I, I thought it really spoke to that audience of uh, people who grew up with Toy Story all those years later. So I think you hit the nail on the head for why this was so, like, so heartfelt. Um, which I only recently just watched Toy Story four, so mm. um, I'm surprised we haven't done a Toy. You know, we got we got plenty of, of great we got stuff. Fifty, yeah, we got plenty of great stuff left to cover. We're going fifty more episodes. That scene and the three bears arriving kicks off the rest of the plot, which is everyone is on a quest to get the last wish. Mm. And it's almost like a competing heists. You ever see Rat Race? I have not. Oh, you're missing out, I've, my friend. It reminded me yeah. of that. They're all uh, chasing after a thing of money. But yeah, they're all... Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's a lot of people all going for the same last thing. We got Little Jack Hoarder. Is that his name? Yeah, little Big Jack Hoarder and uh, the Three Bears. We got Puss in Boots. And then we also, uh, along the way, when we get to Jack Hoarders to try to get the map, we run into Kitty Softpaws. Who, no, is she a returning character? Oh, no. I was about to ask you that. I loved her. <laughs> I don't know if she was new to this or if she was in the, the first one. But so it was so great how um, they kept showing Puss standing outside the chapel. And like he, he ran like Puss in Boots never runs from a challenge. But this challenge he did run from. It was so good. And the mm-hmm. reason I know it was so good, <laughs> you're going to hate me. The reason you know that scene's good is they showed it a couple times, and there was a kid in my theater who kept asking every time that scene came on it, it, very loudly to his mom, what's going on here? Like, he couldn't understand that Puss didn't show up to the wedding. And I was like, ah, this is too <laughs> adult of a scene. It's good. This is cinema. I was gatekeeping a little. Let's take a quick break. This podcast is supported by Lumina. Lumina is an AI-powered webcam that makes you look good on every video call. 4K resolution, adaptive color correction, autofocus and bokeh so you get that nice blur in the background, and of course my favorite feature, the AI cameraman that follows you around the frame to keep you centered at all times. Zhuzh up your video calls and stop looking like dog doo-doo with Lumina. You can use promo code 2DUDES for 10% off your purchase at GetLumina.com. That's code T-W-O-DUDES at GetLumina.com. Back to the podcast. And we're back to our review of Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Just picking up, you know, we have all these people chasing the last wish. Um, mm-hmm. My question for you, if you found out like there was just like a wish 
nearby, you go get that son of a bitch, right? Yeah, I th- I think I would. Um Yeah. What did you what did you make of the the shifting maps? What were they supposed to represent to you? Oh, oh, okay. So for me, the shifting map was like if you want this wish, like the one wish which is like the ultimate gift of the gift of gifts, you have to like face your subconscious like you have to face like your true wants and desires on your way there Uh, to like like to to really nail down what you want this wish to be like you have to like go through trials and tribulations like i said i think the wants and desires was a good thing like like uh puss he would see all that horrible horrific stuff because like that's what he was going through on the inside you know what i mean and then like when goldilocks got the map at the end it gave them like the nostalgia like of their home and they like were going to fall asleep and never make it to the wish you know spoilers to the end but like goldilocks like oh this is this is what you're wishing for it's right in front of you it was mm-hmm. really poignant and so i think the map was designed to try to do that cuz if you think about it in the end none of them ended up taking the wish i think the map accomplished like what it was supposed to do what were you thinking when you were watching I thought of it as like just a sort of inner demons thing, like on a similar path. Mm-hmm. But like the the Perito's map threw me off because his was pretty pl- pleasant. You just thought he didn't have any inner demons. You were like, oh, it's just a yeah. goofy gimmick to get them through. Sure. I see. Yeah. No, I think it was more so because I think it was designed to try to get them not to take the wish. To like realize like everything you want is right in front of you, which was the case for Puss and Kitty and... uh and even Perito, you know, Perito's like, I don't even, I have everything I need right here. I don't even need a wish. Like, <laughs> you know, he was the one actually verbalizing it, but yeah. that was the the point we got to. Okay. You've convinced me. I've, yeah, I've... it was great. Great storytelling. And little mm-hmm. Jack Horder, his whole, the 12, the, the baker's dozen and his whole machine was just like to chop through every obstacle. It wasn't to deal with the obstacles. So he didn't learn like any of the lessons because he got there by like root fortune force and strength i did love little jack horner's magic bag of he's essentially yeah. thanos in this yeah. um but he's got the the bag of tricks he has like a magic carpet in this movie he has it's a lot of fairy ones, tale like references a, yeah uh, but basically any magical item he's got excalibur which he uses as a club because the the stone is still stuck couldn't on. get it out of the stone <laughs> which to me was like so fitting because you have to be like noble and like strong of character and so when he was like i have excalibur i was like wow that's crazy but he's like it's still in the stone i was like ah that fits his character that's good i can't remember it's john mulaney uh no it was um, well it was definitely john mulaney but so i I was gonna say for spider verse 2 which is coming out soon oh i think i don't know that he's coming back um but i the announcement i saw was that nicholas cage is not returning and he wasn't asked to um Which is a shame, but also see why they sort of need to keep it fresh. So I'm not necessarily offended by that yeah. choice. No, I get that. Um, John Mulaney, though, in this was um, really, he was just funny because, like, a lot of it was the writing. Like, and I'm blanking on it at the end, but in his climactic blow-up defeat, he had one of the funniest lines. And I totally was like, you need to remember this and say it on the podcast. And I'm blanking on it. Oh, my God. It's going to drive me nuts. It's like in his final moments, he says something and it is so it is laugh out loud hilarious. You don't remember what it is either, though. 
I I don't. But you know what we can do now? You can rent slash maybe purchase this movie on digital uh, as of... I'm going to have to for the joke. January 18th when we're recording this. Um, it'll be a while before this episode is out. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll have to keep an eye out for it. He's got some very funny lines. And again, as I said earlier, I, I love his interactions with the little cricket who's like supposed to be his consciousness. And the whole oh, time yeah. the crickets, the whole running gag is the crickets like, Oh my God, you're horrible. Like you, you're you of no regard for human life at all. Do you? <laughs> He's a very funny character. Um, we got Pinocchio for the third mm-hmm. time this year in media. Did you take note of that? I was like, wow. I did. Pinocchio's having a hot year. Uh, and it's the same, you know, he hasn't, unlike the bears, Pinocchio is Pinocchio that we love and remember from Shrek 1 through um, 4. I'm, I'm wearing ladies' underwear. <laughs> are are you? And they're like, it's a frog. <laughs> Those movies were kind of like, uh, probably not super kid-friendly when looking back on them, too. Yeah. And... This while this is in the Shrek franchise, this doesn't lean on the Shrek style of humor, which was very much pop culture references and You're a right. little, little raunchy, um, a little more adult forward than uh, this movie is. But it this movie still manages to be very funny. Mm-hmm. I loved Goldilocks. All the puns that they would do of like. This one's too rough. This one's too soft. This one's just right. Like when they were like angry about things or stealing things or then at the end, like her wish was like, I want things just to, to be just right. And then how sad was it on the way there? They're like, what's your wish? What, what, what is it? Just tell us the wish. It's going to get us fame, fortune, whatever. And she's like, I'm going to wish for a real family. And they're all like, Ooh. Ooh, yeah. I gasped too, though, a little. I was like, I was like, no, she did not. That was like gut wrenching. Because mm-hmm. so Goldilocks is, is the adoptive child of, of uh, Mama Bear, Papa Bear, and then uh, the baby bear is her brother. And they even make a point of hi- them being like, hey, that's your sister. Like, be nice to us. Mm-hmm. And Olivia Coleman is great as a the mother. They have a very – so uh, they have that little spat, the family, and this is, you know, going into the, the final climactic scene of the movie. They have that spat. They have that disagreement as a family. And then Olivia Coleman's like, well, if that's your wish, like we're still a family, we're still going to get you there. And that stuff oh. just, oh, it's brutal. It, it's, it is. It's heart-wrenching. Um, it's so good, though. Great writing. Yeah. And so, so the point where it picks up for me, they're for they go into this enchanted forest or whatever, and a little bit of it is still the lollygagging. The map. The map was very Dora the Explorer. So I understand mm-hmm. like where you're like, yeah. they're like, first you go through the candy cane forest and then the lollipop. Yeah. So I, I understand what you're saying. It felt, it, it goes in and out of having these really great moments back to, you know, being a, a mm-hmm. kid's movie to entertain children. Yeah. And all the while there are these very fun action set pieces, but the moment this movie pivoted for me is when Puss encounters Wolf slash death slash the grim reaper for the first time in the enchanted forest and he starts running he just sees a flash of him during one of the fight scenes it's with uh big jack horner's mm-hmm. dozen baker dozen bakers gang baker's dozen yeah uh and he sees he sees death and he runs and then perita follows him and he's like hyperventilating and then 
this is where Parikh becomes a therapy dog. He, you know, mm-hmm. rests his chin on, on Puss in Boots' stomach and, like, sort of calms down. But you can hear his heart thumping and, like, just the way it's constructed, that whole scene is, like, they really powerfully convey, like, a panic attack. Um, oh, yeah. Which, for, you know, the demographic this movie is supposed to be for is, like, insane to think about but that was really the pivot point for me where i like i couldn't get enough of this movie after uh, after that yeah i think like you said the heartbeats the way they would do that it really would sink you into the moment like what mm-hmm. was going on and what he was feeling and so like i said when perito became his therapy dog i could have cried for a year it was so beautiful it was so nice because it was all perito wanted and puss needed it and he didn't know and the best was, well, he introduced himself. So Kitty was like, who is this? And he's like, I'm his therapy dog. And she's like, oh, good. I've been saying you should go to therapy for years. It's like, <laughs> it's so, I just love it. And it's something we always talk about with community. I love when characters, and maybe Kitty is a, a reoccurring character. We didn't know. But I love when characters have familiarity with each other outside of what we've seen on, on screen. Mm-hmm. And they and, they they inform you of all that backstory with like little throwaway lines here and there. Yeah. Um, and so they obviously have that romance. I wasn't ready for it. I didn't know they were going to romance. Did you? It wasn't until they were like stared. I think they like touched paws. Maybe it was when she was shaving him. I I caught on way too late. Did you know that, that they were going to romance? Yeah. She's introduced like as the old flame. They have, they have the, their first, the, the first time they meet in this movie, they have like a little meet cute. That's very similar to. Uh, the Batman when he meets uh, Catwoman for the first time. They're like <laughs> sparring and also doing a heist together, but like against each other and stealing from each other. Uh, yeah. And end up working It's together. maybe, I just didn't realize she was about to be a main character, I guess. So like, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I mean? That just maybe threw me off because I also didn't realize it was Selma Hayek right away. But, uh, um, you know, I love her. She was one of my favorite characters. And I just loved uh, all the cat names. Like she, like uh, Puss's name after he was dead was Pickles. Like her name is Kitty Softpaws. <laughs> it's like such actual cat names. It's pretty funny. Yeah, a lot of the reviews that I had seen, and maybe I'm doing a disservice to the first quarter of this movie, but a lot of the the movies that I have seen or reviews uh, have compared this movie to Logan. Uh, the X-Men entry, which was <laughs> yes. like about a, a veteran Wolverine who's like beyond past his prime. This is very much that for the Shrek franchise. I don't know the way they deal with this like existential crisis of like aging, mm-hmm. getting closer to death is incredible. Uh, and, you know, some of that is sort of joked over in the beginning with calling him pickles and like, like him having to let go of his pride a little bit. So yeah. it, this movie does a, a beautiful job of handling all that. I agree. It is, um, like we said, for an aging audience, it touches on a lot of things that uh, are probably very prevalent and near and dear to to their lives. So I think it, it handled those things beautifully. But so, um, I mean, not to gloss over everything, but once they do get through like the map, they get to a giant star. And so, they say it was like a fallen star that crashed on Earth, and I just thought it was so funny. It was in the shape of a star. Like, I thought we were rolling <laughs> up on a meteor. I thought for sure they were going to be rolling up on a meteor, and it was just like a yeah. giant star print on the ground. I was like, ooh, how Mario Party of them. Pretty straightforward on that <laughs> one, yeah. Um, 
But, I mean, this is where they had, like, Puss has to betray <laughs> his little gang. And yeah. That in itself. I, I hate those moments. That, or, I don't hate those moments. They hit hard. It's like in Shrek 1, when Shrek comes back to Fiona and Donkey and, like, mishears the conversation and thinks Fiona wants mm-hmm. nothing to do with Shrek, so he goes off and runs away. Like, those little missed moments of, like, oh, if only... Puss could tell Kitty Softpaws and Perito. Uh, and like, you're just like, no, just say it. Just say it. Just Evan have hates realization the, right now. Evan hates when the main conflict is miscommunication. <laughs> I don't hate it, but it it it, uh, it speaks very well, loudly to me. You yeah. only asked me out on a dare. You're like, yeah, but if you had listened to the second half of what I said. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, no, I totally get that. But this on the star is like the action sequence. Like you talk about it feeling like an anime fight. This was it. Like all guns out total. And like the star when it was like activating, like I think you died if you left it. Like it was it, what was what happening there? They got <laughs> like There was definitely a death, right? Like uh... this movie was grim and the Grim Reaper shows up. Literally the Grim Reaper shows up in the middle of their big bad fight. And, um, what was really nice is uh, Puss the whole movie has a stick for his sword, and so it was very symbolic when he gets his sword back, or he's got the little the little ketito uh, dagger for for a good while. But uh, uh-huh. it's symbolic when he gets his sword back and he finally takes on uh, takes on death, and um, he's got the most badass moment. I, I know I'm skipping around a little, but so he fucking they're battling, and he bests, he beats death, he bests death, and death is on. And he fucking kicks his little sickle over to him. And he says, no, not yet. We're not done. Or whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. How badass is that? You beat death and then you say, no, this fight's not over. Pick up your pick up your shit. <laughs> that Top was 10 anime than, fights yeah, of 2022. Better than anything I've ever seen in um, like uh, uh, The Walking Dead. I don't know why. I just decided to shade them. It, but like it was so badass. This movie has incredible fight scenes. He, the death, the wolf, fucking pulls out his sickles, mm. uh, dual wield these these dual sickles, wielding like like crescent moon sickles. They're sick. Yeah, and then he even has a little X with a little cat's life for every time that puss has died. It was just taunting I didn't death. That detail. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's so good. But he he flicks his sickles on on the star and it creates this mm. fire circle. It, it, yeah. Visually, this this fight scene, all of the fight scenes in this are stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of things to love. I I don't think um, action scenes are necessarily the thing that people are praising this movie for, but I don't think it should you go. Could. Yeah, it shouldn't go un uncelebrated because um, you very much could. Uh, I I love how this is resolved though. You know, death is bested by Puss in Boots, and there there is sort of this lesson or this moral realization. Death, like they, it's not a standstill. Death is very much defeated, but mm-hmm. Puss in Boots doesn't like murder death. I don't know how you do that. Death is like. He's like, God damn it. Like, he doesn't say that, but he's like, damn it. Like, I came here to collect. Yeah, you took the fun out of it. Like, I was here to collect the life of an, like, someone who was ungrateful, has not treated life or death seriously up until mm, this point. Mm-hmm. 
have to, this that is you're not, not that person movie. anymore. You're yeah. not that person. Oh, the dialogue, dude. I'm telling you, it's like a Western movie. It was yeah. so good. It was really, really good. Yeah, like yeah. goosebumps leaving. Like like you said, that moment right there, he's like, you're not that same. And he, he walks away and he's like, we'll meet again someday, you know, right? And he's like, yes. Oh, it's so good. It's so it, good, man. And then it that's is when very he, much he, like a Western. He you doesn't even so take right. his wish to get nine more lives. And Kitty was going to wish to have someone she could finally trust. And at the end, he was like, one life with you is all I need. That's oh, that is smooth. smooth. Dude. Yeah. The dialogue was so good in this, like from start to finish. Really, mm-hmm. really strong, strong point of the movie. I almost wish it had sort of ended there. I, I see why it needs the big Jack Horner resolution after that. Because mm. uh, after that, Jack Horner, I think, does he make a wish? Oh, he was about to. He got big. He exploded somehow. You know what? Yeah, that is the, something I, funny we can't remember. <laughs> it was so funny, though, Evan. I'm not kidding. It was literally, I go like, it wasn't like a ha <laughs> or like a, it was a, <laughs> like I let out like a noise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm so mad. I can't think of it. Um, But so, yeah, I mean, just start to finish. This movie was great. I don't even remember the the resolution or the wrap up. Like this was just so touching. What Did they get married? Is that what happened? What, how did this end? Do they get married? I don't know. They keep adventuring so together. Yeah. They yeah. Need to put a label on it. Um, the Bears crime gang is together and familial. I think they're all friends at the end. Yeah. Uh, but there is that little stinger before the credits roll. Perito, Kitty Softpaws, and Puss set sail on a ship. They leave wherever they were. And what do you see in the distance but the kingdom of far, far mm-hmm. away? Now, yeah. I haven't seen three or four. I don't know where Sh- Shrek and crew left off. I, I think that's where they live. Oh, oh I did you think? Oh, are you no, thinking this implies sequels? Yeah. Why would they end on that? It's called The Last Wish. <laughs> He says, we're on our way to see old friends. I just you assumed not... it was like a cute send-off. I didn't think it meant sequel. Oh, this is interesting. No, I really didn't take it as sequel. I really assumed also partly calling it Logan. Like, maybe that set it in my mind. But I think also calling it The Last Wish. I assumed they were going to be honest and truthful and faithful to that. And it was going to be the last one. They wouldn't end the Shrek franchise on a, puss in bo- on a spin-off movie. Oh, like, and also, I'm not gonna lie. That's kind of what I thought was Hugh so Jackman is back it. as Wolverine, anyways. So <laughs> your point is moot. The point doesn't even stand anymore. Um, I don't know. I kind of thought it was cool. I thought it was like a, an edgy, cool kind of send off. I don't know. I think it was. Like, I to be don't a need Shrek and Fiona's babies. They're so they're so bad. Evan. Oh, that's they're... where we're at in in four. There's babies. Oh, I think there's babies in three. Okay. And uh, well, let me tell you, they're annoying. They're like what? as cartoony as you can get. What if it's, uh, they get to far, far away and it's like the end of She-Hulk where Shrek steps to the side. This is my son. And he's huge. I would like that. Okay, that'd be funny. Um, okay. Yeah, no, it was, I just thought it was a cute little send-off. Like, oh, they're going to go see Shrek and Fiona. I think they're leaving the door very open for a sequel. That's my read Well, I see it now that you say it, but I'll be honest, it didn't cross my mind. They also have the new DreamWorks title, you know, sequence. How did you like that? Their Marvel-style entrance. Yeah, and it shows Sh- it, Shrek is central 
to it. Shrek well, and Fiona are there. He is DreamWorks. Yeah, but yeah, I, like I don't think they would rub that reminder in people's <laughs> they might, face. Not a rub. A, it's as like a, a new hey, thing in 2022. You but. love Shrek. You love Shrek. You trust us. You love like I don't know. To me, it was like, look, Puss in Boots is not Shrek, but you're gonna see it because you like Shrek. But like, hey, we make we make great stuff. Don't forget. And they do. I'm just saying. I think. I think the likelihood that there will be a don't, Shrek sequel is, is us. greater than the likelihood that that was supposed to be a cute send-off. You want to make a bet? I'll bet yeah. there's never another Shrek movie. Another new Shrek movie. I'm I'm willing to bet this. What do you want to, what do you want to put on it? Does a donkey say, movie count? Does a Puss in Boots movie count? Like, are we going Shrek Cinematic I Universe? Or you Shrek, mean Shrek titled? Shrek flagship movie. Okay. I agree. Yeah, I, I, no more Shrek title. We are not getting Shrek five. If if that's like what we're we're hinting at, what well, uh, what do you want to bet? Let's, we've never done this. I'm going ever. I will. I imperturbable. Ever. Yeah, I'm willing to like stake it on time. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, what? I'm thinking like we... a fancy meal. Just because I know okay. you, I know something. Sure. You'd like. That's yeah. We'll I'm we'll, down we'll with do that. some sort of steak dinner if. Uh, but so. Uh, Oh, I guess then we do need to put a time limit on for me. If uh, let's go, um, what year is it now? Twenty twenty three. Let's go twenty thirty. How does that feel? Okay. Yeah, I'm willing. I, like I was willing to go forever. I'll go till twenty thirty. Twenty thirty. There'll be something announced at least by then. Evan's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what it'll be out, but they will have announced Shrek they Five. They will have I'm announced positive. something by then. Uh, and I'm not counting a reboot. I, I don't know that that's in the works. But if I they were ever to like reboot, reboot Shrek, if that makes sense, hey, they're talking about rebooting Harry Potter. Like that seems oh, fucking why? weird. I know. I don't understand that. Um, so so okay, yeah, 2023 handshake, uh, a good nice steak dinner. 2030 not 2023 yeah, yeah, yeah. i okay. don't think we'll, we'll we may get puss i think we're likely to get puss in boots the the last last wish before we get shrek 5 no i i see i think this is dreamworks this is you think uh, this is their segue back into this it this is their this is their man of steel no this is their batman versus superman and they want it to launch into shrek ventures yeah <laughs> shrek ventures and i'm not talking Disney Plus, not that it would be Disney Plus, but like a Netflix. I'm talking yeah, yeah. In, in theaters. theaters. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll make that. Bet. Yeah. They they do some kids movie shit every now and again. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they, you'll see it on Netflix, and you'll be like, "What? They didn't even market this." Yeah. And so, uh, okay, yeah, this feels good. But hey, uh, well, back to the actual movie on hand. Whole thing, start to finish. I know Evan said there was some lulls. I think it was just such a joy from start to finish. I laughed. I cried, uh, like every emotion in between. I guess for my fi final thoughts, like I think I was maybe a little bit a victim of my own expectations. I had started reading reviews uh, and seeing all the hype around this movie, um, and it it is that good. Uh, but I think part of the delight and and the surprise that people are raving about is just like sort of rediscovering this world and this character and like revisiting. Yeah the nostalgia of the Shrek franchise and like going into a movie, maybe not expecting much, but like, Oh, Hey, there's a new Shrek movie or Shrek franchise movie. And getting a whole and lot out of getting it. Getting blown away. Um, so if you haven't seen it, 
I would hope you haven't. I mean, I hope you do listen to this podcast, but also <laughs> go watch the movie. <laughs> go watch uh, it. It's really worth it. And I mean, yeah. while we may have spoiled things, it's still going it, to, you'll feel what we're feeling. There's I promise. So, yeah, there's so much. Mostly we talked about a couple cool fight scenes and some poignant moments, but like. I literally went ching, 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 like pretending my hands were swords. So you need I to love, go to our YouTube channel to check that out. <laughs> I love the moment where uh, Puss in Boots and Kitty Softpaws are like, uh, dancing what is that dancing style called but they're like doing it to to jump oh yeah. infinite <laughs> that was so air. outrageous the infinite <laughs> jump into the air that like so off the tango fun. dancing yeah they were like should we do it and they're like yeah they just literally fly all the way up like faster yeah. than everyone else too yeah that felt like a classic shrek visual gag to me just yeah so outlander so funny uh yeah let's, let's read some letter ox reviews and then um Maybe Start us off own. here, because I'm not ready. Uh, okay, this one is apropos. 10 out of 10, five stars, Puss in Boots and Kitty Softballs works together to do an infinite jump glitch at one, at one yeah. point. <laughs> um, four stars. Wasn't expecting 2022 to have a Pinocchio and Puss in Boots film, which both dealt with mortality, the in- inevitability of death, and the fleeting nature of our lives and those we care about, but I'm glad we got them, I guess. And I'll say it, I liked this movie more than I did Pinocchio. That might be controversial. Wow. wow. I mean, enjoyment-wise, is you know, the, uh, as our good friend Michael O'Rear says, art is subjective, so I'm not going to bash you on that. But I thought Pinocchio was, like, close to masterpiece. But so we talked about this. Imagine if Guillermo del Toro did Puss in Boots in fucking stop motion, stop motion? Could, yeah could you imagine that'd be it wild would be pretty great um yeah. you know what as i'm just reviewing letterbox uh things right now this says four and a half stars shrek five is about to go so hard so you were not alone my friend there's uh more people out there feeling like you it's did gotta then, be in this, the cards man um, yeah well you're getting a stake out of that that uh my ignorance i guess so uh this one says five stars yeah still cried the second time i think that's <laughs> that powerful four and a half stars someone says fuck nugget in this movie which that that took me that caught me off guard uh they, it's like perito he's is he rattling off insults that have been hurled at him in his lifetime oh, or something yeah i forgot and they would literally beep out words and i'm not gonna lie there was a couple parents in my theater that lost it when they would start <laughs> bleeping out words I think because their kids were shocked. It was yeah. pretty, they did it a couple times. That really caught me off guard. It made me laugh. So in that way is reminiscent of like a, a Shrek 1 or 2. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have called this the best Shrek movie since Shrek 2, which I know, you know, they dipped in quality, but like Shrek 2 is a high bar. Shrek 1 yeah, is Well, I think bar. this is definitely the, the best since Shrek 2, no doubt. Um, this one just says, okay, wow, you guys weren't kidding. And I think that's like a good way to put it. Like for anyone like on the fence about going and seeing this, it's just like we we're not joking, we're not kidding. Like it's it's like Nikki left and she was stunned. And for her, you know, it, it, like an animated movie can go one of two ways, and she was just like floored by how awesome it was. Cinema's back, baby. Cinema's back. Uh, there's so many, and they're all good. They're just all good, and that's. I mean, I'm having trouble picking them out because they're actually, like, not that many funny ones. They're all just, like, really glowing and great all... reviews. Yeah. 
Um, that being said, There's some inappropriate you, ones. What would you rate this movie on a scale of five stars mm-hmm. on Letterboxd? Mm-hmm. I'm giving this star. I'm giving this movie four stars. It it's it's close to just like damn near great. Like I, I would probably give Shrek four. Or excuse me, not Shrek four. I'd probably give Shrek <laughs> two four stars. And I I think this was on par. I really do. Like enjoyment level wise, I think this was like really 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 solid. So yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna give it four. I'm gonna go. I'm surprised because you've been doling out those fives. I'm gonna. You, yeah. I do will it. go four do and it. a half. Oh, okay. I thought you were half. giving your first five. I was have like, I do given it. a five yet? I don't think so. I don't know if I have. Not on the pot, at I'm least. A little, I'm a little stingy with my You're stars. You're the stingy um, one. Yeah, so I'm glad you passed me, though. No, I and I think that's apropos. Did I use that right? <laughs> you, you looked at me like I didn't use that word right. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. Um, I could recommend this movie to anyone. I will rave about this movie to anyone. Um, mm-hmm. It's not perfect. There are some parts that you know sort of lull for me but it is a a perfect viewing experience it is like a memorable viewing experience um absolutely so yeah four and a half i totally agree pretty solid yeah you convinced me i'm going four and a half changing (laughs) it on the spot giving it a five (laughs) yeah evan's like i'm up now no i'll stick i'll stick with four i'll stick with four i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be changing things um Um, yeah i got some news for you let me uh let me pull up the news here um, a lot's been going on. I feel like there's a lot of news. Mm-hmm. We we covered some of the Puss in Boots news. Oh, um, I don't even know I have a news story. Let's just maybe just talk about this in general. Okay. What have you been seeing about Velma, the new HBO Scooby-Doo show? It has been getting absolutely trashed by everyone. Not uh, just trolls, it seems like. It yes, is being destroyed by like everyone. And you know what? I'm normally a hater. I think in this case, some of it is a little excessive. Tell me it why. Is, is the show bad? Yes. Is it as bad as everyone is making it out to be? I don't think so. I don't think it's any worse or any more unfunny than any of the hordes of adult animation shows that have popped up since rick and morty that's kind of how i feel is it felt like like a lot of the same noise it's a lot of the same noise i think it's particularly pronounced because of the demographics of the cast in 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 this iteration of scooby-doo the changes to canon or whatever um yeah i I watched the first two episodes when they came out it it was fine the humor is very much do what you know you what it has as an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes right now? Probably like 6%. Or <laughs> you nailed it. You got it right on the nose. Audience score yeah. of 6%. But the critics rating, it's at 52. Um, so, yeah, I, I, the clips I've seen, I'll be honest, not very good. Like I said, it seems like a lot of the same old adult animation um, type of stuff that uh, we've seen, like like you said, post-Rick and Morty. So, I... Uh, I don't know the clip. The one clip I saw was like pretty bad, though. It was like it was so out there. I was like, I this can't be funny even in context. Like, I you know what I mean? I was like, yeah, what is and going I'll let on? You know, so it's it's not. I think 
I think this is just, you know, it's, it's the flaw in adult animation right now. Everyone wants to be Rick and Morty and, and I will, and spe- I will specifically attribute some of this to like Rick and Morty style writing, Dan Harmon style writing. They do this thing a lot in this show where they just very plainly state the emotional thought or state of the character yeah. uh, to be like, not, not meta, but like, like Rick and Morty ha- has done it in the past with much more like tongue in cheek. Yeah. Like, Oh, Velma and Daphne are estranged friends in this. Like they have a history and they're not really talking anymore. Um, and then Velma will be like, are my perceptions of you changing because we're hanging out more often? And I don't think you're a huge bitch or like ra- random, like, <laughs> like just, just very, stating it's like flat out. Yeah. Not like, trusting the audience is what I call that. Yeah, and there's a maybe it's because Rick and Morty has done it so much. It's just like it's so apparent. It feels like a like a Mad Lib at, at this point. So, do I recommend it? Ch- check it out. See what everyone's talking about. I, you know, some of they they're setting up like a season long mystery. I, I think like a murder mystery, and it's it's different. I don't mm-hmm. know, but it's it's no better or worse than any, any of the other you know, adult animation garbage that has come out in recent years. That's and, why and I think that's the good stuff. I think that's why it's the, the backlash is particularly pronounced for this is because it's like, it's getting ragged by for being too woke, but it's also that, getting ragged yeah. for being too like being tone deaf. And, yeah. and so, so it's both, getting it from both sides. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we had talked about this at all, but speaking about speaking of Rick and Morty, Justin Roiland has been accused in charge. I should probably look up the specific charges. I was going to say, we're diving into a story I know nothing about. Oh, so um, Justin Roiland was, you know, being accused of some not great stuff, allegedly. Domestic violence charges. And I think generally just being kind of a creep, which... There can't be charges for just generally being a creep. But (laughs) I will say... um, uh, a, a lot of the things I saw on Twitter about it were like, oh, if only there was some sort of hint in his writing that something like this could happen. And I was like, oh, that seems very pointed and shot. And so, uh, you know, I, while I don't keep up with Rick and Morty too much nowadays, I don't remember too many. I guess they were like, you know, the women aren't written well on the show and maybe Beth is a good indication of something. So he's been charged with felony domestic violence in Orange County. And this was one thing I he had sent me. Or we had talked about Dan Harmon has a new show coming out, Crepopolis, and, and mm-hmm. Justin Roiland has had uh, his own series, Solar Opposites, and some other projects springing up of his own. I wonder if it's mm-hmm. like a conscious uncoupling on their parts. Um, but I, I remember someone showed me something a couple, a couple years back. It was like stuff that Justin Roiland himself had animated before Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. It was like... Bill Cosby, like clones all talking, or like he had like a whole YouTube. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Do you remember Gary that? showed us this? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the name, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm embarrassed to admit we watched a little bit of it at your bachelor party. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. I weird, feel like that might, weird, that probably is maybe an indication that's a, of like. The indication, what? yeah. Weird, uh, weird show. I totally forgot. I think it's called House of Cosby. Now that it's just coming House, back to me. I'm, yeah. I'm 90% sure that's the name of it wild yeah. memory you just unlocked but um yeah um um i don't know i have too much more uh uh important or pressing news here that i'm looking uh 
the Velma one. I've sent a lot of things about Velma because some of the clips I'm seeing are just like outrageous. Not in like a, yeah. a fun way. <laughs> um, the Last of Us just oh, yeah. debuted on HBO. It's uh, HBO's second biggest premiere since 2010. 4.7 million viewers trailing about by half um, the House of Dragon earlier uh, or a couple months ago. Did you have a chance to catch it? Yeah, premiere was great. I caught it late, so I didn't contribute to the numbers. Sorry, everyone. Um, but yeah, so good. And I, um, I only have a little knowledge of the video games. I've never played any of them. I think I've heard a little bit about it, but nothing like nothing that is going to spoil anything for me. So I am so excited to see where it goes. Episode one was really strong. And Mandalorian comes back soon in march i think so Pedro's there's two pedro pascal protecting kids uh, <laughs> yeah it's literally it's oh my God, yeah, i didn't even think about that <laughs> i wonder so you know how mandalorian for the most part i'm, I'm pretty sure what well, they filmed that show like with a stunt double in the actual suit and he yeah, just voices barely up. him i wonder if like while he's voicing it he's doing this series live action <laughs> He's like, like Hold sorry, on. I can't be I on go set today, guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, because he doesn't have to do much for for Disney Plus if he's ever going to take off his helmet, which is rare because that's you know uh, this is not the way to take off your helmet and um his voice and so and ready for this, he's a man of little words. He doesn't even say a whole lot, so yep. he's barely in the show, but he's the main character. Yeah, um, we're in the midst of awards season right now. Yeah. Everything everywhere all at once is cleaning up. I think Pinocchio is is cleaning up. Doing amazing. Um, and oh, this is a, this is unrelated to that. Oh, uh, Brendan Fraser himself in the whale is getting hella acting awards. Michelle Yeoh, Ki yeah. Huquan. Um this aside from that though, you'd send me this and I don't know why you missed it cuz you marked it news. James Cameron says audiences will meet two new cultures in Avatar 3, including the fire-based Ash people. We are literally copying Avatar. Unbelievable. And the Fire Nation attacked. Because he has said he wants in future movies for them to meet bad Navi people. Which are the Fire Nation when they attack. It's so... And you can't... You can't say... Oh, well, I had the idea before. You just can't. I'm sorry. Because it's been so long. Like, if it was a year or two, if it was like three or four, we'd be like, okay, that makes sense. These take a while. It's been so long, dude. You can't. You can't say, no, no, no. This has been the plan the whole time. You just can't. I'm sorry. Because it's episode 50, we got a lot of backlash. We caught a lot of flack for our takes on Avatar the internet um, didn't like it. The, inter the internet, internet didn't said, like it. Keep that but, one to yourself. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm glad we spoke up because I am too. You got interviewed with the New York Times. <laughs> that was fucking weird. The New York <laughs> Times interviewed me on my um, trip to go see Avatar because I went to the bathroom dun, 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 three times. <laughs> yeah, but I just wanted to address like some of the pushback that we got. Like at the end of the day, it's an okay movie i just find it a weird movie to stand so much because it's like to ride the white for. savior's white savior movie and a white savior the the longer we've franchise. been getting away from the movie the more i've been seeing about the the whole white savior of it so uh yeah 
Yeah, it, it is what it is. I cannot believe we're literally going to go air, wind, water, fire, whatever. Like, I just, it, it's absolutely yeah. mind boggling that he would have the audacity to do that, if, I, if I'm being honest. Uh, you would just think I, creatively and professionally, you would want to avoid that, like at all costs, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But he's like leaning into it. It drives me. It, I have five. At the time of recording, it's at 1.9 million at the box office. So That's what not it's about to make money. So close. <laughs> Almost has made money at this point. It's close. It's going to make its first dollar any day now. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm being sincere. <laughs> I wish you the best. I wish you well on your journey, weary traveler. It's like Mr. Krabs' first dollar. They're going to hang it on the wall at James Cameron's <laughs> Avatar Way of Water. First dollar, it's coming. They announced the uh, the Zuko movie. Do we talk about this? Or were uh, we going to talk about this in the next episode? I think, I think yeah, yeah, I think we're going to okay. talk about this in the next episode. <laughs> all right. Then I, I think that's all the news that we've got. I think that's all got. we got for you. Um, that was a lot of news. We covered a lot. Don't, don't feel news. like we, yeah. Any any final ruminations on episode fifty? Wait, what are your wishes for the future of two dudes watch cartoons? Hmm, Resolution. That's a good question. What, what are, I just you know I love coming across new things. So you know that's another thing. If our audience, if you could help us find things that we should be covering and talking about, maybe we haven't heard of it. Please let us know. We we really love it. So. I just, I want to, you know, discover more beautiful animated properties that I probably wouldn't have otherwise and uh, want to talk about them with you, my best buddy. So those are my oh. hopes and goals. They're very vague. It's not a smart goal by any means. But what about you? What are, what are you hoping for the next 50 episodes? Shrek 3 and 4. Paddington 2. Uh, you came no, with a list. <laughs> uh, I would love to keep meeting people on the pod you know we've had yeah. some great guests on who yeah. we didn't necessarily know before uh my uh, my one pipe dream guest is jamal williams the detroit lions i know player who we've been loves, tagging him every day we yeah, love him loves anime uh he'd be a dream to get on the podcast that's a long shot i don't think it will ever it's happen happening. don't worry we'll make maybe, it happen. yeah we'll make We'll get there by episode 100. Hopefully, <laughs> we'll have enough clout to <laughs> reach out. That's right. That's where we're heading. <laughs> um, I don't know. Just yeah, and more more of this, more watching stuff and and talking about it. And this podcast is really fun. It's fun to make. It's uh, it's a passion. It's a passion project. It's a labor of love. It's a lot of work we we put into this. But uh, ho- hopefully, you guys reap the rewards of it and enjoy it. Uh, and you know, it has been immensely personally rewarding for us to talk about cartoons with each other, with you guys. So thank you for tuning in. I think that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. Do you want to sign us off? Yeah, I'll sign us out here. If you like what you hear, we have 49 other episodes. Actually, we got more than that. Cause we got bonus episodes plus, too. Yeah. Yeah. 49 plus more episodes that you can go check out on Apple, Spotify, wherever you catch uh, uh, your podcasts at. And we are really trying to get our YouTube up. So if you listen to us um, on any of these platforms, please just drop by our YouTube. Just search Two Dudes Watch Cartoons. Hit Hit subscribe. subscribe. Yeah, even if you don't uh, uh, watch, we're trying to get that up here. Uh, We've got a lot of good traction going on YouTube. So we appreciate that greatly. 
If you want to follow us on social media, we are at Two Dudes Watch Cartoons on both Instagram and TikTok. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rate and review. And once again, you know, just uh, thanks again for joining us uh, on this uh, on this crazy ride here. That'll do it for us. We'll catch you on episode 51. Which is in a, a two weeks. Didn't set it to live. <laughs> I'm fucking <laughs>